Hey, and welcome to the second test episode. This week we sit down with Bo from Outback Cleanups. And uh, Bo's an incredible guy that I've been following on uh, social media, on Facebook and Instagram, at Outback Cleanups, for quite a while now. And uh, we're both traveling around over in WA uh, earlier in the year. And we tried pretty hard to catch up, but we just, you know, traveling, you, you cross paths and you don't quite make it. So turns out that he actually only lives about 20, 30 minutes away from us here in South Australia. So a couple of weeks ago, we went down and caught up with him and his mate Flynn. And uh, yeah, had a had a great night just um, talking stories and having a few beers and having a barbecue and just one of those sort of people where, you know, you've got similar interests and um, you've done similar things and you can just talk all night and just share stories um, tit for tat. So yeah, we caught up again on uh, a couple of days ago and sat down and yeah, recorded a podcast. So pretty interesting conversation where he just, you know, talks about uh, what Outback Cleanups is and what he's trying to achieve and whatever and yeah absolutely incredible so definitely recommend checking out at outback cleanups on uh, instagram and facebook um they do incredible work and all self-funded basically cleaning up uh cleaning up australia after after everyone else so uh yeah enjoy the episode and all right so mr Bo from uh Outback cleanups, how are we? I'm good, mate. How are you? Not too bad. And who are we joined by? I'm joined with my good mate, Flynno. Flynn Dusty. You might find him on social medias, on the uh, Instagram, oh, particularly. Yeah. Roger, roger. And uh, yeah, we're just cruising around, sitting around the table at the back of mine, having a few coldies, just, you know, talking some stuff and maybe a few people will want to uh, crack in. Yeah, I've already cracked mine, so I've, I've missed that iconic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cheers, boys, while we're here. Yeah, cheers, cheers boys. Oh, mate. Nothing. Good to see you all. Backyard garden physics and a bit of a uh, radio podcast. That's yeah, it. So, in, uh, so yeah, Bo, um, Outback Cleanups, that's what you're known for, I guess, and that's how I met you through. Uh, you're a local South Aussie. Yep, that's right. Same as myself. Um, and yeah, what is Outback Cleanups? So Outback Cleanups is, well, it's a pretty self-explanatory title. We go out into the Outback and clean it up. Um, the organisation was started, I founded it last year, which is 2020, so I started it in uh, 2019 um, after spending years outside of work, um, going down the back. I'd go camping a lot outside of work. And in that time, as well as like doing the recreational fishing and everything I wanted to done, I found myself uh, picking up a lot of rubbish. And there was no remote organisations that dedicated themselves to just picking up rubbish voluntary. So, yeah, we started Outback Cleanups. And it's a volunteer-based organisation when you travel remote Australia and pick up as much rubbish as we can wherever we can, really. If we see it, we pick it up. That's pretty well as simple as it is. So, yeah, yeah, it's the organisation. And it's also grown to us meeting each other via social media. So, great for that. And, um, yeah, Flino's helped on several million, billion cleanups, picking up a billion bits of rubbish all over the South Australian coastline. So, yeah, yeah, he's joined me today and we're cruising around. So Yeah, nice. I connected and I met with you based on... Uh, multiple factors where we both travelled and we both toured Australia and we're both out in full drives and, you know, getting out into the outback and then we both care for the natural environment and how much rubbish and stuff is just left out there. Yeah. I think we, you mean like there's there's so much rubbish out there and we're at, a, we're at a turning point in history, I suppose, where the rubbish pollution has got so bad with a negligence level and people are just leaving it there, that people are starting to become really conscious. Mm. And Outback Cleanups is sort of inspiring a lot of people to go and pick up rubbish with a bit of motivation knowing that someone else is doing it. They're not a weirdo just going out there and being like, what's this guy doing? Why is he walking around with a bag? Mm. It's sort of creating a movement, and particularly in the full drive community, I've noticed myself, 
we're all four-wheel drivers here, um, particularly with 70 Series Land Cruisers. <laughs> yep, <that's it. laughs> but we're all four-wheel drivers, and I think I'm not alone in saying that we've definitely noticed the movement in the four-wheel drive community. Yeah. People over the last 12 months becoming a lot more conscious. I'm not going to say that it's because of Outback cleanups, but I'm going to say that it's probably got a, a you know, it's a contributing factor mm. towards people growing in, raising awareness to looking after the Australian bushlands and, and making sure it's there for the next generation, you know. Mm. When our nieces, nephews, kids get older, they're going to have something to go and enjoy like we do now. Um, oh, absolutely. 50 to 60 years down the track, so. And Outback cleanups is, you know, being, being who you are, you know, you're not, you're not your stand up running around screaming about every problem in the world. You're breaking down that stigma that you don't need to be, yeah, you don't need to be doing everything by the political correctness. You just you're just a bloke cleaning up. You know, you, you're doing yeah. the right thing. We you know, go out there. It, we it do. breaks it down that you don't. You know, exactly. And we're not we're not um, owned by a bigger organisation. So because we're a small independent, we can still do things the way we want without selling out to brands and sponsorships and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Um, that way we can pick and choose, you know, if there's brands that like we've had several brands approach us that I wouldn't personally go and buy in my, with my own money. And mm. for that, I'll say like, I really appreciate you, but I've got to, you know, respectfully decline your offer. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good being a smaller organization means we can sort of fly under a bit of that and not get bought into the huge corporate sponsorship stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, li- I like Outback for that reason. You know, if there's a product and we don't like it, then we're not going to, not yeah. going to hide that and say this product's great when it's not. Mm. We're going to say this. We honestly don't think this product's very good, and it could have room for improvement. What you yeah. see is what you get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we we try and add like, I suppose, uh, alternative. If, if there's an issue with a product, we try and promote that with a solution. Mm. So like, this product is bad for this reason, but it could be fixed for this, this, and this. And that's yeah. what we try and promote, rather than just going in and saying, "Hey, this is shit. Don't buy it." Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not telling anyone why. They're like, "Well, why is it, why is it shit? What's the difference between this one and that one?" And yeah. we're not telling them the difference. So. But I also see the difference with you guys that you're pushing the um, the benefit of getting out in the outback and cleaning up and you know just enjoying and respecting nature and where we're coming into nature as a you know as a third yeah party. we're going into their home yeah exactly right um, we're going into where the kangaroos and the koalas and the lizards and the snakes yeah and we're going into their environment and we're trying to enjoy that environment alongside them. And look after it. And look after it. And, and if we go in there and then bring all our rubbish from the city or, you know, from wherever we live. Wherever we've come from, yeah. And bring all that in and leave it all there. That's that's not an acceptable way of us enjoying no, their habitat. Exactly. You know, people don't come to your house and leave all your rubbish around. Exactly. So, I've never gone to one of my mates' houses and just left chip packets all over the yeah. floors and been like, well, it's not my problem because that is my problem. Exactly right. <laughs> it's yeah. my rubbish. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a really important way of thinking about how we travel is yeah. to to think about that side of things is that we're entering somebody else's space and we're entering someone else's, whether that's a person or whether that's an animal or yeah, an environment or, or trees or waterfalls or waterways or whatever, yeah. you know, we're entering someone else's environment and we've got to respect that. And I completely agree. Yeah. Leave, yeah. you know, with the best of intentions. So. And not only that, but getting back to the full driving side of things, all of us spend mega, or I'd say 99% of us spend mega dollars on our four-wheel drive, let's be honest. Mm. They're incredibly capable cars, and they are more than capable of taking three kilos worth of rubbish out with them. Exactly if you didn't right. bring that in, <laughs> if that car can go off-road and throw wheels, I'm sure you can put a bag of rubbish yeah. in the back and it won't break the axle. So, Your JVM is not going to be excited. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the thing well, that gets not. me is that, you know, we brought this product in with us. Yeah. There's no way that a 24-pack of beers 
has made its way to the outback without us bringing it there. A hundred percent. So yeah. if we've brought it, we can take it. And that sort of comes back to what Drift is sort of getting into at the moment with we the two, two in, two in. out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Great campaign, by the way. I yeah. think it's fantastic. Yeah. I absolutely froth it. And bringing a bag, like we, because we, we make our Ocasac, which is a sustainable, um, it's made from recycled chai cloth, and we sell that to help fund our organisations. Now, Drifter have bought in a take-two in, take-two out, and they're using a... It's like a feed sack, effectively, and what they're doing at their own cost is sewing in a Velcro strip so that it can be wrapped up. Mm. But they're providing them, they're giving two out for free. They're sending them to people for free, mm. two in, two out. So what they're doing is encouraging on a larger scale rubbish removal at no one's cost, which is fantastic. Mm. So I, I, I'm, I'm all promoted. People are like, what do you think about Drifter? And I, I'm, it's brilliant. As much as like... Gives you no excuse then. No, exa- yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it really, like, you can't say, oh, well, I can't pick up rubbish because I can't afford $50 for an sack, for instance. Um, but I thought, like, I got a big approach on social media with a, a negative Im- impact when this program was released. I got a lot of people like, look, they're, they're selling these sacks and what do you think about that? They could be using your sacks. And I went, no, it's great. It's fantastic. My mission is to remove as much rubbish from the bush as possible. I obviously cannot do that by myself. Yeah, of course. So to get every Australian on board, every full driving Australian with two free sacks, yeah. I give it to Drifter. I, I really do. I'm like, that's so good. Honestly, like, look, because although they're not all going to be money in my bag, it's not sales I've lost. No. It's people that have now encouraged to go up. And if they want to do it more so, then they can purchase one of our Ocker sacks and have a more permanent solution for something they can use over and over again rather than exactly one of these right. bags they can use, only use five, six times. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I thought it was a massive positive and um, I really respect Drifter, uh, Drifter, Fulcrum, Full Drive Act or 24-7 Full yep. Drive, whatever they are now. Um, <laughs> and who else got on board? There was Drifter, Full Drive Act and Spares Box. I really respect yeah. all those yep. large brands for getting getting behind that. It's a great cause and it's a necessary cause, I think, for Australian Outback. And I think at the moment as well with the current environment we're finding ourselves in where there's so many new people to the outback and yes. to traveling places that they don't normally travel. No, they there's, might go to Europe usually and spend yeah, their, their so five thousand dollar holiday going to Europe instead of mm. putting some accessories on the car and taking it bush. Yeah, well, exactly with you know not. the restrictions possibly going until twenty twenty three, the tracks and parts of the country are going to see people that it'll would have never seen before. Yeah, the really. traffic and, and the the higher traffic. Yeah, the yeah. Higher yeah. Traffic, massive yeah. higher traffic. So, so the initiative now to clean up the rubbish and start it before it's like before the litter's really begun for the next say three years before mm. all those new townies and stuff are going out there for the first time and that don't know that there isn't a clean-up service out there yeah that just yeah. follows around cleaning them up well there wasn't until and I... that's something you've always <laughs> mentioned to me as well like in your travels around australia which we'll get to soon is that you know people have always said to you like who comes up and cleans all this stuff and yeah europeans this... particularly because they come from a, a smaller landlocked country yeah where there might be ridiculous amounts of money and resources that they can employ someone mm. you know seven days a week to go and pick up rubbish after them but australia is so vast and wide with so I think we've only got three people per square kilometre in Australia. It's yeah. like nothing. It's yeah. virtually empty. And it's mostly on the coast. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's all on the coast. It's yeah. like 90% of our, yeah, our yeah. population is on the coast. There's no one out there specifically to go and clean up the rubbish out in these outback places where it's so vast and wide. Exactly, so. yeah. And not that many people want to spend hours of their day walking with the flies, picking up other people's rubbish without <laughs> any pay. So call me crazy for that, but you've got to do what you got to do. So, yeah, I mean, both of you guys, you travel far and wide around australia and i mean yeah flynn how how did you get to going and being out in the outback and just living out there and working out there and how do you go from being in high school to mustering cattle in the middle of the territory geez that sounds nice oh, yeah. <laughs> refreshing 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the sound of Friday, isn't it? Oh, it is. Cheers, Friday. Cheers. Now, I don't know, mate. It's a, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a family thing. I've come from a decent line of stockmen yep. on my mum's side. And um, unfortunately, I was pretty sick as a kid. Never got to do it at a young age and just missed out on high school altogether, which didn't bother me because, you know, I wanted to do it. And I was fortunate enough to you know get a get a new set of lungs when i was pretty long young and then uh straight away as soon as i could i subbed up to dart or to catherine and yeah. enrolled in a, a university degree up there to start managing properties and yeah right yeah. um i was also seeing a girl out there who introduced me to some pretty pretty interesting fellas who were catching some bulls in um out near kananara there and um so yeah, this I was back in Adelaide and I kind of got a bit of a call from them and I'd organised to go up and see her and we kind of fell through and then I thought, stuff it, I'm already going up there so I'll go and hang out with these boys. And yeah. So I rented, um, I flew into Darwin and I was meant to be renting a Hilux and uh, lo and behold, they gave me a RAV4. <laughs> <laughs> I was meant to be going out to some pretty harsh country. and So yeah, I met up with these boys in the land cruises and uh, <laughs> and then we spent like a week drinking drinking a lot of tins and catching a few balls and just got hooked from there and yeah, continued right. with that degree. And then, uh, yeah, eventually did a placement on a property and they hunted me for a job and went from there, really. And just, there you go. Yeah, you can't can't get any better than working on a station, that's for sure. Yeah, right. There's a few places that you get paid to ride around on a motorbike with a helicopter chasing you. Yeah, yeah no, Joe, that's Sounds a dream. Like <laughs> pretty crazy stories roll yeah. from there. but Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a few, yeah. So what station were you on, mate? Uh, so I was on a, a couple, so I did a bit at Delamere, Pell, uh, and mainly Canfield. Yeah, yeah. And then a research station, and then just a few national parks out at Kununurra there. Yeah, sick. So these are all around central sort of NTs. Area. East Kimberley kind of. Yeah, 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 towards the Kimberley heading yeah. that way in that escarpment country, which is kind of Beautiful. the best, best bit of country you get. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just, just unreal. Like, Middle of nowhere type yeah, of stuff, yeah. Like for the, being a South Australian talking about the Flinders Ranges and we'll paint a pound being yeah, one of the best our, set of ranges that you'll see and then you go and then up you there go out there and it's a, yeah and it's just driving along like driving along the big highway that's just like going through we'll paint a pound ten times over it yeah. really is jaw dropping isn't it yeah. particularly mm-hmm. when you're driving on like that time of night and you get the sun setting yeah and as it's oh, setting yeah. over the west and it just lights them up and yeah. like we've all seen it here and it's oh, just yeah, like yeah. my god that yeah. red that you it, get oh. on is isn't it incredible how you have these like couple of it's not even hours, it's just minutes. Yeah, a couple of yeah, minutes right. of an entire day where the whole landscape you're in is just absolutely breathtaking. And it changes by the minute. Yeah. Like within five minutes, you can have this amazing colour from the brightest oranges down to these deep sort of purples yeah. as, the, as the sky sinks. And then the, and then the sky lights up and it goes from this blue to this amazing purple right. black as the stars come out. It's it's just incredible. There's something yeah, awfully yeah. romantic about the bloody outback. I've yeah. got it. Keeps drawing me back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's why we're all you. here, isn't yeah, it? That's, that's it. I always fill my tank up and head here. that way because it's just better. So yeah. Yeah. That, that top end particularly is, yeah. is unreal. And and the Kimberley, I've never been somewhere so... Just amazing like, and warm we're and all warm, sitting yeah. in um snow <laughs> yeah. gear in yeah. south australia by the way guys outside so uh, yeah <laughs> hope you're warm by the fire if you're listening to this <laughs> but yeah bo um i mean yeah you've been all over the joint as well you've i mean I, we're looking at your big map of australia on the wall that you uh, so frequently put up in your story of where you're heading and where you've been and <laughs> it's, it's a good you map seem for like trip planning and and 
pre- previous trips. Yeah. You just seem like you've done just about all of the western side of Australia a couple of times over, the main routes, yeah. I think. So. Yeah, main, main highways in WA. There's still a lot of little dusty back roads that I'd like to check out yeah. and clean up. Um, Such a big place, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. WA is half, half the country almost. Yeah. <laughs> what do they say? There's nearly half Australia over there in WA. Yeah. All locked down in their own little place. <laughs> yeah, all locked down <laughs> in their own little place. Piece of heaven, piece of paradise. That's it. Cruising up with some good fish. Best is west. Yeah, that's it. Oh, no shit, eh? So, yeah, our plan is we're just about to take off on a trip. We're actually meant to leave this morning, but we had some vehicle delays with repairs. So we're going to take off on probably, uh, what's today? Today's Friday, so we're going to take off on Tuesday, I'd say. Um, Vehicle will go in Monday for uh, a few more customizations on their bodywork as far as aluminium ladders and stuff. Yep. And then, yeah, we'll we'll take off and we're going to go from Adelaide up through to Darwin, zigzagging our way through Stuart Highway, seeing what we can, can and can't get access to due to COVID. And, um, yeah, clean up as, as many dirt roads and tracks as we can in between here and Darwin and then between Darwin and the Kimberley. So we should spend six months on the road. Yeah. And I'm estimating I'd like to remove 25 tonnes in right. six months is my estimate, which is possible with the new GTM upgrade on the trailer and everything. Um, I've got several vehicle improvements to be able to take more rubbish out than we ever have before. So yeah. 25 tonne would be my quota. And those, like, outback roads between the end goal sort of place that you're heading for being the being the Kimberley like between here and the Kimberley there's oh. what three four thousand k's whatever it happens yeah to be. from here to Broome I think you're just over five thousand five thousand so yeah, yeah. It's adding a, Darwin to that you're probably looking at and the mm. way they're zigzagging you're probably gonna look about seven thousand k's of the travel yeah and those yeah. those highway k's like you know there's there's so many people transiting those in regular times, there's so many people transiting those highlight major highways. Yeah, yeah. Do you find so much rubbish along those yes. major arterials? Yeah, uh, it's definitely worse along the major highways. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say that you honestly between I'd say uh, Alice Springs, sorry, and Darwin. Yeah, if you didn't find a piece of rubbish every two square meters, mm. you're not looking hard enough. Yeah, it is definitely there. Whether or not it's you know. 20 mils under dirt or it's covered in dust. There is rubbish littered that entire way. Even the even the um, big termite mounds, I'm sure we've all seen them going up the Stuart Highway up to from Alice Springs, Tennant Creek and onwards. They've got these beautiful termite mounds and they put T-shirts all over them. And there's these ratty, disgusting, sun-damaged T-shirts, <laughs> thousands of them, yeah. and thousands and thousands of them. And you're just like, well, it's technically litter. Technically You've technically speaking, got yeah. a piece of rubbish that's, you know, a piece of clothing, sorry, that's made of, you know, polyester or whatever, which is plastic. And you've just put it on a termite mount, so you just mm. covered. You may as well go and put a bin bag on it for. Which yeah, in speaking mm. to you guys, you know, over the last few times I've met you guys, you're big on what's making an environmental impact. And yeah. If that's affecting a native animal, being an ant, even as small as an ant, yeah, or, even you know, that, something as small as a termite. Yeah, a termite. Could, sorry. Yeah. yeah. That system and that community of. It's an entire ecosystem. Yeah, everything yeah, has a roll on, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right, it's huge. Yeah. And it's all part of the food chain. Nothing, so. nothing rings truer than, you know, you've got to look after the country and the country looks after you. Like, 100%. Right. Particularly, you know, me coming from agriculture, you, you, you just know that. Like, mm. sort of, if it applies in agriculture, it's going to apply in the natural environment. Everything exactly. system, like, yeah. Yeah, you know. 100%. Yeah. And, like, we, I find that with karma just on the road. Like, say, I, I think like, I'll get good karma because, you know, doing lots of volunteer cleanups not that i go out for it but say for instance i'll lose an iphone charger or it'll break within 48 hours i'll find an iphone charger <laughs> on the side of the road like, and I, I kid you not that has happened more so than ever um my phone charges it's happened with headphones for my 
old Samsung. It's happened with GoPro mounts. Like I've lost a case and just found a new GoPro case out of nowhere. And I'm like, I've found three <laughs> of these in 10 years. How do I find one the next day after breaking it? Like, you know, just stuff just shows up when you need it. I had a, I snapped a stud in the axle of my Land Cruiser and we were out on the start of the Amberdale Highway. And I kid you not, I'm walking along, look down, there's a stud for a Land Cruiser. So and it snapped three hours before. And I was, <laughs> Try and do that with an Amarok. Oh, I was there with my <laughs> friend Dominic. And I was like, you're not going to believe what this little odd metal stud is. And she's like, what is it? And I'm like, well, it goes in the Land Cruiser hub. And I snapped one three hours ago and I need a replacement. Didn't think I'd find one out here, but there you go. Come right? It's Calm going, yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, look after the country and the country will look after you. It's, it's exactly that, I think. Yeah. It's just, you know, if it's there, it'll find its way to, to you. So I yeah, guess the, uh, the extension of that is like, What's some of the cool stuff you found, like cleaning up? I mean, surely you come across cool things. I've seen like on your Instagram stories and stuff like that up the river. You found, you know, lures and oh, out lures, ocean. Gas You've bottles, seen squid um, jigs and I, yeah, fishing gear never gets old. I never yeah. get tired of uh, as much as like fishing gear is a big pollution. Mm. If you find a fifty dollar lure on the, on the side of the river, you're not like, oh damn, you're like you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going so, right in the tackle box. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so fishing gear never kind of gets old. The fishing line is a big problem that I don't yeah. like, but as far as the gear, the tackle is um that's quite a nice nice add to the collection. Yeah. As yeah. as far as fun and cool things, I'm not talking about negative things, I'm talking about positive things. Um yeah, fishing gear. Uh we found a whale skeleton once down at um buried in the sand. And sure. yeah, we notified the museum and they actually let us keep it. That it was, yeah, it was from the whaling days back at Victor Harbour and they reckon it was estimated to be about 200 years old from a southern right whale. Um, the reason that they could estimate it was how dry the bone density was. So a southern right whale is full of oil yeah. and that's how they got their name, the right whale, because they were the right whale to harpoon yeah, yeah. because you could actually right shoot them and they'd float themselves back in where every other whale would sink, sink. after it harpooned because there's yeah. so much oil and blubber. Um, so yeah, like for instance, the Victor Harbour Whale Museum down, that we have 40 minutes south of us, that has a big Southern right whale, um, skeleton and that was pulled off the beach in 2000. Oh, I went down there last year and there's probably three or four liters of oil sitting under the head of, head of it <laughs> and it drop it drips. It's, this is 19, 20 years ago now and it's still dripping oil out of its skull. There's so, so much oil in the bone density. Basically a Land Rover. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah essentially. <laughs> you can, uh, you can buy a whale or a Land Rover. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's not the right whale. <laughs> we'll just tow a right whale around with you yeah, and fill up your land rope. Yeah. What's that from? Oh, we went, um, we went whaling. <laughs> oh, nah. that's funny. Shouldn't laugh. No offense to uh, Land Rover owners, of course. Oh yeah, no. If you have a Land Rover, you'll get a Toyota one day. Just keep working hard. Just keep working hard. Yeah, you'll be, you'll get there. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, you. Your trip that's coming up Tuesday, you're, you're heading north again, obviously, to yes. get out of this bloody cold weather. Yes, we are. And uh, I'm just read on your screen there. We won't, well, we'll not be heading back to uh, Dashwood Crossing in, in, the, um, <laughs> in the Northern Territory near Victoria River. One of my little cue notes there to bring <laughs> up that story. Yeah. Yeah, Top well, Springs provides uh, a good rum handle, mate. Going on that story, um, uh, earlier this year, well, it wasn't even last year, it was this year, end of the wet season, I, um, I had a limited amount of fuel and I didn't have enough fuel to go up to Catherine and then down to to get to Timber Creek. I only had enough fuel to go straight across from Dunmurrow through to Top Springs and then through to Timber Creek. And um, the road, I got to Timber Creek halfway, uh, Top Springs, sorry, halfway, and the the rest of the other half said the road was closed. 
due to wet season. Um, now I've got a built four drive in a trailer, and I, I was by myself, and I was like, clothes for who? Clothes for a Hyundai Gets or clothes for this thing? And to and put so, it into context, these are pretty remote places. Like, very remote. You know, they're k's small. The nearest phone reception. Yeah, the small communities scattered <laughs> Two, around. Two hundred and fifty k's the nearest fuel station. Really, you're yeah. you're out there. Yeah, and is not a friendly stock route. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm burning down. I took, I took the road and was like, yeah, bugger it. You know, let's do it. So, um, I, I took again. the road and I'm burning down. Probably been on this road, you know, three or four hours, just cruising along. I wasn't going fast. Just doing about 20 Ks, picking up a lot of rubbish, a lot of rubbish, heaps of 4X cans. I'd say that someone particularly, um, would buy a carton of 4X cans from the Top Springs pub and drink them the whole way back to their station and just throw the cans out cans as they drove the because it was the one beer the whole way. Yeah. And that lots were a lot dated than others. Some yeah. were very faded, some were very new. Um, so, yeah, I, I've probably picked up about 300 <laughs> um, 4X cans. Um, and along that route, uh, so I'd been driving it for about three hours and then come over the hill and um, into Victoria River and just sunk, basically. And didn't move for, <laughs> for 36 hours. Um, I just... Um, I was product testing a new winch for Bushranger, the Bushranger Revo 10,000. I was product testing that. A brilliant winch, by the way. It, it did get me out, but I probably did 50 single-line pulls over two days and snapped the rope about 20 times, and it was just full of knots. But it got the car out, and then we got it through the river, and I got bogged on the other side, and then some some Indigenous fellas came down from the community and just skull-dragged it out with an old 75 and chains and <laughs> just a lot of clutch smoke. But, yeah, no, we got it out and got to the other side. There you go, Flynn. Get up there with your old 75 and go pull him out. There you go. There we go. And yeah, I got to the other side. I uh, got denied entry into WA after that because the car was too muddy, which coincidentally, Outback Truckers happened to be coming past and happened to get the entire thing on film. So if you'd like to see episode eight, uh, episode 13, season eight, Outback Truckers, you can see me washing the vehicle at the border for a couple of minutes there. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that, guys. Definitely take a... Um, a, a second vehicle or, or a helicopter or something to especially get in these yeah. remote places like yeah you take know. a sat phone guy i didn't have one of them but i would have loved one yeah. of them. and you know we're, when we caitlin and i did our trip you know we're looking at the walcott inlet and places yeah. like that out off um mount elizabeth station and it goes just way north out off the main gibber river oh, road yeah and i mean the gibber river road is relatively populated in terms of tourist traffic but it's a remote place but it's still a very remote place and we're looking at doing that and we were two days out from the walcott inlet yeah. track closing and the midway um for a bit of background you know that track takes sort of two days to get out to the walker inlet yeah and there's the i can't remember the name of the campsite halfway through I but tell you myself yeah. there's somebody that runs a campsite about halfway through which you normally overnight at and they yep. were closing up two days after we sort of got to mount elizabeth and oh, inquiring right. about the track and we're like we're by ourselves you know we're not prepared to you know risk getting stuck there and no one yep. being able to come help us we did have a, you know, an EPIRB per se, but, yeah. you know, that's a very much last resort. That that's is a very last resort, yeah. That's when you're down to your last litre of water. I anything no, else about this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I need to be saved. Like, mum, come get me from yeah. school. So I these, do not want to be here. That's yeah. that button. Yeah. These places are, are really remote and really, really out there places that deserve respect and reserve. A hundred percent. You know, yeah. like. But that's the going back to the cleanups. It's amazing when you get to a place that remote and you find rubbish. Oh, yeah. it is. And yeah, you're yeah. like, someone's gone to effort of taking, spent three days bringing this in here mm. just to drink it and then leave it there. Leave it's it there. Just, it's, yeah. it's shameful. Shame job. So <laughs> when you guys go out to these sort of places and you pick up this rubbish and you've got X, you know, a ton of yeah. rubbish yeah. in the back of the troopy and the project trailer. Yeah. 
how do you guys get rid of it? Like, what do you do with it? Do you separate it out? Is it some of it recycled? When you get to the local council tips, is are they cooperative with what you do with it? Um, the council. Do you guys eb- have to pay for it? Ebb and flow. Yeah, we do pay for it. Um, it all comes out of our bank. Um, you know, which is a, it's a sacrifice we're willing to make. It's not something we should have to make, mm. but it's it's something that needs to be done. So, mm. if if I just picked up one trail load and then walked around asking for someone to dump it, I'd never get rid of that trail load because who's going to chuck you 150 bucks to go and dump someone else's rubbish? Yeah. No one. Um, so the only way to keep going forwards is for me to pay to dump this rubbish and so that I can have an empty trailer again and again and again. Of course. Um, which does add up. It does get quite expensive. But it's it's something that, yeah, I find necessary. And it's, it's self-sacrifice, I suppose. Like I'm paying for it now, but I know that down the track, I might, you know, when I'm 60, 65, I'm still going to be able to enjoy these beautiful mm. places and not find rubbish yeah. by doing this now. So it's sort of investing for the future by spending money on this dumping now. Yeah. And in, in making sure I have campsites for when I get old yeah. <laughs> and retire. Yeah. And in your position, you're trying to uh, encourage others and inspire Absolutely. others to look after the yeah. place. And, and raise a bit of awareness of how much rubbish exactly is actually right. out there. Because yeah. I think a lot of people, they don't, because like, you, you definitely do get an eye for rubbish. Like yeah. you, and once, once you sort that. of, <laughs> yeah, you sort of hone in on it. Like you, you, out of sight, out of mind. And once you sort of look for rubbish, it starts It starts to sort of look for you and it'll pop out in front of you. Mm. And it gets to the point where you can't walk past it. Yeah. You just I like, can't go for a walk down the beach anymore without spotting bloody rubbish. <laughs> exactly. You're like, just walk down the beach and enjoy this. But exactly. You and see it and you just got to... One line runs through my head. It's like, if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? Yeah, exactly. And like, if you see a piece of rubbish and see that, then you're just like, oh, I've got to do it. <laughs> so mm. yeah, we pick it up. But I think, I think those remote places of... Um, yeah, they're more litter than they should be. And I suppose that's really what we're trying to do something about is so that when, you know, you've you've saved up, you've worked all year, you've got the wife, you've got the caravan, you've finally got the kids out of school, you've set everything up, you take, you know, five, six weeks off work, hit the road, get to your campsite and your young son or daughter jumps out of the caravan and gets a piece of glass in their foot and you've got to pack it all up and then drive 600 k's to the nearest hospital mm. because the guy before you didn't do the right thing. Yeah, that, the glass that's though. not, that's... That sucks. And yeah. yeah, we want to prevent that. So, And that spoils the whole experience of being out exactly. in these amazing places that we've been yeah, talking about yeah. with amazing sunsets. And, and not to you mention, know, like, you go there to be in that place. Not, you know, you don't go there and look at a Coke bottle the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. It and really um, deducts it. Not to mention the investment. Like, lots of time, you know, you can you speak to people on the road and they're travelling with their partner and their partner's a, li- a bit more reluctant to get out of the house. And so they, you know, they really sell it to them, say it's going to be the most beautiful place. And they get there and it's full of rubbish. And the, mm. the partner's like, well, why do they come here? Like we, you know, we could have gone on a holiday overseas and gone and stayed in a big resort and said you wanted to go bush and look at rubbish. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the last time that's happened. And therefore, you know, the man or woman, whoever's, you know, passionate about going bush has then lost their entire family trip because the other partner doesn't want to go there because it's going to be rubbish. So, yeah. I'm speaking from, yeah, I suppose people have spoken to a caravan bus all the way. <laughs> yeah. There's always those, those yeah, yeah. wife and kids or the yeah. father and kids that doesn't want to do something that the other one wants to do. So, But yeah, yeah. no, it, it is amazing. Like you go to some, I'll go to some pretty remote places in the Territory and you'll pull up and there'll just be, you know, you go four feet into the sand dunes and it'll just be packed with rubbish. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like it's a tipping site. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of the one of the worst places Caitlin and I went to on our trip was um, the Fink. Uh, I think it's called the Fink Access Track, which yeah, is the old Garn, yeah. old Garn yeah. route. Yeah. So from Fink up to Alice Spring, which every year in about late June, early July, race, something yeah. like that. I think it's late June. They run a Fink Desert Race, which is a motorbikes 
biggest, by bikes. Biggest race in Australia, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Baja Huge, buggies, buggies, a lot. You know, full drives, yeah. all sorts. They run this massive race where they race out from Alice Springs out to Fink, have stage one, and then they turn around the next day and drive back or yeah. race back to uh, Fink. And it's it's yeah, one of the hardest yeah. races in Australia. And there's qualifying and pre-running. Yeah, a lot it's goes weeks it. and months. It's of massive. Yeah. But and the thing about that also is. Fink is the township itself, the general community throughout most of the year is the clean, one of the cleanest towns in Australia. Yeah, and they've yeah. got a great clean up program. So it just really shows that it's not, you know, it's not. It's not from the community. You know, yeah. It's brought in yeah. As so far as the event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just comes. It spreads from that laziness, you know. But yeah. Mm. And Caitlin and I went through there. We got to Fink about uh, the first week of July, something like that. Yeah. And. You know, we, we pulled up in Fink and we got the photos at the start lines, yeah. blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And then we started driving the, the Fink access route and there was just so much rubbish there. It's heartbreaking, it isn't it? It was just incredible. We couldn't, we couldn't believe it. And yeah, because you don't know where to start. Like, you want to start picking it up and you're like, well, where do I start? Where There's do you start? Like, every half meter for the I next could, 300 k's. I could <laughs> pick up rubbish for the next week, completely fill our car, completely overlaid our car, and we wouldn't even make a dent. Yeah. And, you know, we, we had the understanding that, yes, we've been a couple of weeks after the race. They still had all the track guidance signs up of, you know, track notes and whatever for the races. And yeah, all that. you put it into your head that they're so going to come kinda, and clean it up. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the organizers are going to come clean it up. And then, you know, we thought about it. And I know personally if my cousins and family and that live up in the territory and ride into motorsport and yeah. ride into the motor trade of, you know, of, of the NT. Yeah. And I had a chat to a few of them and they're like, yeah, you know, it's pretty standard. Everyone just leaves their camp gear there until mm-hmm. next year and they hide it behind the dunes and there's just camp set up and people wearing couches down and all that kind of stuff. And it's just this crazy big wild weekend of drinking and fun and just craziness. Yeah. And then everyone and then leaves. Leave it all there. And it kind of really dawned on us that this rubbish is not just going to pack up and leave. No. You know, Unless they you might come and pull you. down the track signs down, but yeah. they're not going to come through for weeks on end with literally semi-trailers to clean up all this rubbish yeah and you know caitlin and i we we camped in over one of the dunes about halfway between fink and alice one um you know one night and on the way back out the next morning we we sort of stopped halfway back out towards the track and cleaned up all these bottles that we found half buried and these were not new bottles that were two weeks old these were years old there's no labels they were completely sun perished yeah they were, they were old bottles that have been there for a number of years, half buried, and then we're finding rubbish bags that have just been half buried with all the rubbish in it and yeah. the bag are disintegrated and there's stuff going it's just, everywhere. It's funny, isn't it, when we spend and all this just, money on, on four-wheel drives particularly. You know, you might spend $5,000 on a lift kit and then $2,000 on tyres. How hard is it to spend $200 on a wheelie bin bag for the back of it and put your rubbish in? If you're going to dig a hole, you can undo a zip and put it in that. The thing that gets me is you, you've <laughs> brought this stuff out there. The yeah, yeah, you've brought it out there. You've huh? brought it out there. So you've had the space. You've obviously, had the space. To get it out. Yeah, it has to come and back. You know, you think about it as a tin. You drink the tin. You take in the weight out of it. Crush it. Put yeah. it back in the it's box. It's so much smaller than half it was. The weight, exactly. Half the weight. Exactly. Yeah. And going back to what you said before, Ben, like you found bottles from years old. Well, glass glass will not ever break down in the bush. If it does have any moisture, it will not break down. Glass yeah. will it can remain for two to three million years. Same with nylon fishing line. I learnt nylon, as well. Yeah, it just that, well, does not break down. Microfilament fishing line in ocean. Yeah. Um, it'll break down over, over UV light over about four hundred years, and with ocean currents, it'll break down over about six hundred years. But, but you compare six hundred to a piece of glass that takes three million. Yeah, there's a big difference, and so that's why, like, we encourage take take tins into the bush. Don't take stubbies. Yeah. Take tins. They pack in 
a lot less. You can usually get a, you know, a cast of t- carton of tins for the same price as stubby. So there's no price difference that you have to argue with. It's lighter to carry They're on the way in for carry. people worried it's, about it's their a lot less. GBMs. Yeah, exa- yeah. If those people have got weight issues, it's lighter to carry a mini pen. It's also a lot less. Um, there's less greenhouse gases and it's a lot less energy to produce and recycle an aluminium can than melt glass down and try and remake something out of glass. Mm. So you, if you want to do something from an eco-friendly point of view, it's much more eco-friendly to buy cans than buy glass, regardless if you're buying them new, yeah. because that is 100% recycled aluminium in that can. That's been a can before and it's been melted down and turned into another can and it can do so over and over again. Um, so yeah, we highly encourage cans over bottles in the, um, in the Australian outback. And for that reason, like we can, you can dig up a bottle and it'll be, you know, like a, how many pickaxe bottles do we find? Oh, if crazy. If you go up the Murray river yeah. and do a day's cleaning, you will find over a hundred pickaxe bottles in mid Murray. I guarantee it yeah. because of all the workers there and intact. I'm not talking about broken. I'm talking about mm. intact. If you added up every bit of glass, you'd find 10, 15,000 on the side of the Murray. But even just from a practical point of view of four wheel driving, cans just make so much more it sense. It does, it yeah. does. If you sense. can't justify it on an environmental standpoint, yeah. just look at it as you're not going to use that 70% magic, 30% fucking whatever the else it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to break. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're breaking a can, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, and if you, exactly and if right. You really and it breaks like down so much more. Glass, if you really like it, just take a glass. Just put it in a sock, take a glass and pour your beer yeah. out the can into a glass if you want to be that. And an absolute yeah. shameless plug for ScorePro Explorer Boxes, which is a... Uh, Wine glass that packs up into a plastic molded um, oh, kit. Wasn't even aware of these, but um, Score Pro, if you want me to product test one, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Scott, there you go. Straight from Bo himself. So they're, uh, yeah, a wine glass that packs up into a, uh, a plastic molded. A stalked wine glass or like a. F- yeah, wine no. Glass, a stalked. So your like standard it. wine glass that you get at when you go f- to a winery for a product test. Uh, for a, um, a product, uh, I product do that all test. the time, actually. <laughs> I'm a product <laughs> tester at winery. Product test this winery again. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. open up the vases, guys. A wine tasting at a winery, <laughs> oh, you yeah, get no. a glass wine glass, <coughs> and those glasses in a plastic molded box that is um, shockproof for full wheel driving, right. and exploring, and camping. And I would like, like that. that. So. Anyway, shameless product plug for a friend of ours who produces the ScorePro Explorer box. On the back of that, of our worst place that we found rubbish, what's what's one of the worst sort of cleanups and worst Ooh, places you've found? I know you've done a massive cleanup with huge amounts of um, uh, conveyor belt rubber you found on the beach yeah, here in SA. I'd, or I'd say as is far there as any... the worst, the the. The beach that really springs to mind as far as worst polluted that I've mm. I've seen on the West Coast would be Horrocks near Calberry. Um, cray fishing town, small cray fishing town. Um, yeah. And the beach there, well, I was removing a litre every metre. A litre, yeah, rhymes, a litre every metre. Uh, <laughs> but I did a one kilometre stretch and removed oh, uh, 1,400 litres worth of rubbish or something. I had five wheelie bins overflowing with foam. Like, and I, I, I'm talking about the worst type of rubbish, like polystyrene, plastic, all the stuff that we hate because it's so stuff light. Stuff that breaks down over time. Breaks yeah. up. Breaks up, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't break down. breaks up. It gets smaller yeah. and smaller. Um, but it floats, and so it doesn't sink. So it mm. won't sink to the bottom of the ocean and get covered in sediment. It'll continue to bob and look like a piece of, you know, piece of food for any kind of fish or prey. Yeah. So like polystyrene, plastic bags, they are the worst. And yeah, Horrocks, Horrocks Beach, we removed 300 kilos worth in a day and a half which was five wheelie bins but that's foam and you think about how much like the pile of 300 kilos of the foam it's just immense yeah it's ridiculous. just stupid yeah, yeah for something that doesn't you know you can pick up something the weight of your body and it mm. weighs two kilos mm. to get 300 kilos it's just yeah. it's overwhelming like 
What yeah. about yourself, Lynn? Like being out back, you know, cattle stations, things like that. You're obviously traveling big distances and places that, you know, most tourists don't end up. Is there a lot of rubbish and... Oh, know, always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big thing, especially along, you know, get along those stock routes. Yeah. Um, particularly the Buntine around Top Springs, as Bo said. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Like you, you go back and forth from there and it's, it's endless stubbies on the side of the road. <laughs> just cases of beer packets of chips you know you, yeah. you name it it's on the side of the road on the bun time all the plastics and yeah yeah and but you know um going along that coast around Kununurra and that east kimberley and up into sort of remote areas as you get out towards east arnhem land yeah it's Ooh, yeah. It, it, it's really dense like it's mm. it's almost undoable the level yeah. of rubbish that's there yeah and it's it's pretty unbelievable to think that it gets there considering how Scarce, like scarcely populated, the Northern Territory yeah. is. That's yeah. the thing that gets me is just there's so little people out there, but so much rubbish. Like, yeah, mm. it's insane. And, and if everyone did their bit, yeah. if everyone picked up ten bits every time they went out, which yeah. let's be honest would take uh, two minutes. Yeah. yeah. And if everyone did that, just threw it in the back or in an ochre sack and then threw it in the back of their ute. Beautiful. It's not going to blow out. It's in a control. Which comes back to these gonna... projects, like you drift a, you know, two in, yeah, one out, exactly. or two, two in, two out. Sorry, and yeah. then. You know, we found a lot in WA and especially down in the southwest. We're down in Dunsborough, Margaret River, yeah, places yep. like that. We found Ooh. coffee shops where you'd go to the coffee shop and they would give you a plastic bag yes. and say, Can if you, you go and clean up a bag of rubbish from our local area, like this beach right here, we'll yep. give you a free coffee. Yep, I've seen yeah. that. And we found that amazing. As, as long with like... Insane bit of initiative, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's amazing how much you want to save four bucks when you see that. Yeah. And you're like, free coffee? Yeah. yeah. For picket? Yeah. And, and for the coffee shop, they <laughs> might, might give away... Free anyway. Yeah. And those get coffee out of it, even better. <laughs> those coffee shops might give away, you know, a minimal amount of coffee per day mm. for that. But they've in, maximum you know, impact on that bit of environment. Exactly though, right. Which yeah. in like is, is smart marketing by them because if I, if I was a customer, for instance, and I could go to the coffee shop where I could pay five dollars and sit and look at a view full of you know, mm. and sit looking at a beach covered in rubbish, or if I could go and pick it up and then sit yeah. down knowing that I've contributed to yeah. the view that I'm looking at and then drink my free coffee, I'm going to go back there again yeah. and I'll exactly pay for the next right. one. Yeah, yeah, like because I'm like that's brilliant. You guys have you've. You're prolonging, you know, yeah, you're prolonging exactly. your experience to that community. Yeah, know? exactly mm. that. And it's making an environment, it's a pleasant environment you want to sit in because it's yeah. a clean environment. Who wants to go and sit in a beach full of rubbish? Yeah. No one does. And on a more, like, like on a more, um, you know, uh, more built up, I guess, area, somewhere like Albany, we traveled through and a lot of the coffee shops had a bit of an agreement between all the coffee shops in town where they had a big tub of old um, hand-me-down coffee mugs yeah where rather than getting a takeaway coffee takeaway takeaway coffee cup sorry takeaway coffee cup <laughs> and taking that away and drinking a coffee you could just pick a random mug that they got from the op shop for two bucks yeah and you'd make your coffee into that and then you could drop that back in any one of the participating that's, coffee that's shops smart. around that's town like a boomerang bag but a boomerang cup kind exactly of thing. right the same so kind of theory. I like even that. little things like that like how many times do you just get a coffee and just walk around the town as you're and you looking don't around need a lid. Let's, it doesn't have to be no. a takeaway exactly right a million miles an hour around this corner and hope that it doesn't spill on my lap exactly right you're only getting it because you're going to leave that that location, yeah, and you don't and go for a walk down the main street and yeah. then throw your coffee cup on the other end of the main street. Exactly, that was a really cool initiative we saw as well as we were oh, doing our travels. So, um, I guess you know, on that, um, Bo, how can people support your cause and what do you what do you want out of this whole endeavor that you're 
taking on and what you're doing and like yeah how can people get involved in um if people want to support it like you can you can jump on socials give us a, a like on facebook i was gonna say follow on facebook and like what's on your facebook, facebook? Um, Facebook and Instagram is Outback Cleanups. Yep. Um, spelled Outback Cleanups. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can find us on either of the socials. Uh, give us a like or a follow. Uh, if you really want, you can jump over to Surf Esteem um, and they sell our Ocasacs. We will have a website up up soon. But um, yeah, Surf Esteem are currently selling our Ocasacs. And just share the post. And, and most importantly, if you the best way you can support us is go and pick some rubbish up yeah. and then tag Outback Cleanups in your story post and I'll share it. And that's, that means more than anything is just seeing mm. that people are actually, you know, getting out there and doing their bit as well um, because it makes such a difference. It makes me feel wholehearted like I'm yeah. not doing this for, you know, people that... It, it feels like you're doing it for a grateful audience. Yeah. Like the people respect what you're doing and they really want to get behind it, which I think everyone does. Everyone wants to live mm. in a clean, beautiful environment. So why would you not? Really so. That's the best way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and really, Caitlin and myself, that's how we connected with you in the yeah, first place. We absolutely. live 30 minutes away from you, but we didn't know you from a bar of soap. But no, we... well, I think we initially met when you were in the Kimberley and I was down yeah. in Margaret River. And you yeah. guys were like, I'm from Flagstaff Hill. And I was like, oh, I'm well, right. <laughs> that's half <laughs> that's an hour away. 15, yeah, exactly. 15 minutes away, I drive. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Good days, old one HZs. They fly, mate. Well, they sing at 4,000 RPM. <laughs> <laughs> so with the crazy amount of travel both of you guys do and the ridiculous scenario we're all finding ourselves in at the moment, what's one little piece of advice with so many people buying full drives and camper trailers and caravans and wanting to get out and explore extra Australia and, you know, go and travel and see these amazing places we're talking about. What's what's one little piece of advice? If I had one one-liner to say to just stick in your head um, for everyone, I'd say leave the place better than how you found yeah. it. So, yeah. you know, um, take only photos, leave only footprints, yeah. but leave the place better than how you found it. So that means mm. like if you need to take a handful of rubbish out there that you necessarily didn't bring in, just take it with you. Yeah. It, you'll make the place better for everyone else. And if everyone does that, then we'll get the, a fantastic country back we had three, four hundred years ago before white fellas got here. We'll get this amazing piece of landscape, untouched landscape back, plus all the roads, buildings and everything. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Um, that's, yeah. that's what I'd say. Leave the place better than how you found it. Yeah, no, I'd, 100%. I'll get around that. Like, you know, if you borrow something from someone, you want to give it back better than what they gave it to you with, you know. Exactly I'll, right. I'll add to that another piece of fantastic advice for people travelling Australia is accelerate through the corner. <laughs> Yeah. And merging lanes are made for merging, not stopping. Exactly. Uh, I'd say, you know, like things like don't just buy anti consumerism would be yeah. my biggest thing. Don't just buy mm. something because it's cheap and you yeah. think you need it. Exactly. And then you're going to get out on the track and it's going it to fail. And it's going to fail and then you're going to leave it there. Like you, yeah. you do find warnings out there and just yeah. crazy stuff. Spend of the money a particular on brand. Gear. Exactly I'd say right. Like definitely yeah. spend the money on quality gear. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and support an Australian company. Don't try and save 10 bucks and go for the Chinese alternative. Yeah. Spend the extra ten bucks and know that you're supporting an Australian, which could, you know, could potentially give one of your children or nieces or nephews a job down the track. Mm. Yeah. So you're only looking after yourself by buying Australian, really. So exactly yeah, right. buy Australian and accelerate through the corner and leave the place better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, fellas. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time, and I really, you know, oh, yeah, appreciate what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, I mean. We all love getting out and traveling and exploring and being in these amazing places, but we love being there because they are pristine, because they're amazing, amazing right? clean places. Yeah. There's no human impacts and we can just be with nature and just... Absolutely. We, we are a part of nature. We're not 
we're not an extra add-on. Yeah, we're not we an external part. animal yeah, we, that yeah, wants to be within that environment. We're so. a tooth on the cog. Exactly we're not right. A separate cog. We're we're part of yeah. the meshes that make everything work. We're not yeah. external to it. We might be slightly worn out, but we're still a tooth <laughs> on that cog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jumping. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, fellas. Well, it's uh, it's bloody cold out here in SA, so I reckon we're gonna um, get back yeah, around well, that crank and fire, and there's. Drunk, yeah, so there's like, more beers to keep us warm. So I could hear there was some yeast in that can that was drowning. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Alrighty, fellas. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Oh, mate. Good to see you all.